Welcome to Savvy Money Talk. I am so excited to bring this podcast to you, where we break down barriers and normalize women talking openly about money, investing, and wealth. I am Kara, your host and financially savvy BFF, and my mission is to bring financial education and financial literacy to millions of women across the globe. I'm here to empower you to create your version of financial freedom and independence, whatever that looks like to you. Not to have money for money's sake, but for the choice and freedom it provides you, your family and your loved ones. We'll dive deep into the topics that will empower you on your journey to financial independence. We'll explore the transformative power of understanding your beliefs and attitudes towards money so you can break free from limitations and create a mindset of abundance. Get ready for insightful discussions and financial education about managing and investing money more effectively to help you take charge of your financial future. Hello and welcome back to Savvy Money Talks, the show where we break down barriers and normalize women talking openly about money, investing and wealth. Today, I'm talking about investing in the share market, specifically about diversification. I'm sure you would have heard of the concept of diversification or not having all your eggs in one basket. It's one of the best ways to manage your risk with investing. So today I'm going to walk you through the concept of diversification, the various categories or asset classes, and guide you on how to actually build a well-diversified portfolio. It's a story that's all too familiar, where dreams are shattered due to a lack of this vital strategy, where people put their life savings into something and have lost everything, which is awful, and I do not wish that upon anybody, so how can we learn from this? In most of these cases, they've often put all of their money into one single asset class, one share, one sector, one company, crypto, one specific thing. And it's so extremely concentrated. In other words, it's the opposite of diversified. So there's this saying that goes that diversification is about as close as you can get to a free lunch in investing. It's like having a bit of everything when you're at a buffet because you don't know your favorite dish and sometimes different dishes surprise you. Well, the same applies to investing. Just because something is performing well in the moment, it doesn't mean it'll perform well in the future. And likewise, just because something is performing poorly now, it doesn't mean it will continue to do so in the future. We can't avoid risk altogether. Just like in life, there's risk with every single thing we do. It's about how do we manage and minimize that risk? Let's take an eight course meal as an example. I know you probably don't eat eight course meals. I certainly don't, but it's the closest analogy I could come up with. Each course, it serves a different purpose. So you might have an appetizer, your entree, a palate cleanser, the pre-main meal, another palate cleanser, a main meal, dessert, cheeses, you know, all paired with wine. With investing, your eight course meal might consist of Aussie equities, US equities, Asian shares, European shares, emerging markets, property, infrastructure, fixed interest. So these are what's called asset classes. Then within these asset classes, you have further diversification based on sectors. For example, shares in Australia have a high concentration to the financials and materials sectors. The US and Asia has exposure to information technology shares amongst many other sectors. Europe has exposure to healthcare and industrials. So you can see by diversifying across different countries and geographical locations, you've also diversified across different sectors as well. And this spreads the risk, right? It's like having a safety net beneath you is ready to catch you if one of these strings breaks or 
one of these markets doesn't perform well, it means you're better able to weather the storm of that market volatility. So it's just really around spreading your investments around. So your exposure to any one asset class is limited. It doesn't mean that your portfolio won't be volatile. It'll still go up and down with market cycles. It'll still be unpredictable at times. And Volatility, it can feel like a roller coaster where you experience these sudden drops or exhilarating climbs. But the key here is to be able to ride out these market fluctuations and stick to the plan. As human beings, we have this tendency to place a greater emphasis on recent events and think whatever's happened recently is going to last forever. History tells us it doesn't, nothing lasts forever. But we're way more optimistic about things when markets are performing well, and we're way more pessimistic when markets are performing poorly. These are the times that it's most important not to get caught up in things and to stick to the plan. Okay, so now you know why diversification is so important, but how do you construct your portfolio so it's actually diversified? There's a few things to consider here. Your attitude toward risk how you'll react if markets do fall, your investment time horizon. So that means when you need access to the funds and you'll need to consider if you need or want access to all of the funds or just some of the funds. Even when you retire, if it's age 60, you still need to fund your lifestyle for another 20, 30, or even 40 years. You're not going to spend all of that money in the first year. That's not the purpose of it nor will you move all that money to cash. So consider that your time horizon doesn't actually stop when you want to access some of the money. It may continue for quite a long period after that as well. Just something to consider when thinking about your time horizon. Now let's go through growth and defensive assets and the different types of asset classes. Growth assets tend to be more volatile over the shorter term. That means they'll fluctuate, they'll go up and down, the sudden drops and exhilarating climbs I was talking about, kind of like a roller coaster. But this is what gives them the potential for the higher return over the long term. Now, remember, long term is decades, not years. In my last episode about defining success and calculating your own financial freedom figure, I went through some historical returns. And whilst historical returns are not indicative of future returns, they do provide us with some information. The 100-year average annual returns for the ASX 200 is 13.2% a year. The average annualized return of the S&P 500 since inception, which was 1928 through to the end of 2022, was 9.82%. So volatility, it's simply the price that we pay for this growth over time. The ups and downs, the exhilarating climbs, the sudden drops that feel like they're going to last forever, just like the exhilarating climbs can feel like they're going to last forever as well. So defensive assets are considered lower risk and less volatile. They don't fluctuate as much. They don't go up and down as much, but they also don't have that same potential for higher return over the longer term. They 
also don't keep pace with inflation. So that is another area of risk that you want to consider because if your money isn't keeping pace with inflation, it's not buying the same amount of goods and services that it otherwise would have. Within growth and defensive, we have these asset classes and each asset class represents a part of the jigsaw puzzle which makes up your portfolio. It's a different dish in your eight-course meal that I was talking about before. So asset classes are a group of investments which have similar characteristics. Just like all entrees have similar characteristics, they behave similarly to each other in the marketplace and they have similar risks and returns, are often subject to the same laws and regulations, perform in a similar manner in particular market conditions. Defensive assets include term deposits, cash management trusts, and fixed interests, which are things like government bonds, corporate bonds, mortgages, and hybrid securities. Now, your growth assets are things like shares or equities, and these are domestically and internationally, like we spoke about before, infrastructure and property. Now, shares and equities, this is where you own a part of the company, and if that company is profitable and chooses to pay a dividend, then that's your reward for being a part owner. Growth assets also include infrastructure investments. So these are physical assets as well as like the related operations that provide essential services. So, you know, airports, toll roads, utilities like water and electricity. Now, property that might be direct investments in residential, industrial or commercial property and also indirect investments in listed property vehicles such as real estate investment trusts. So these are listed on the stock exchange and you can buy and sell and trade them like you would a share. Direct property has significantly higher entry and exit costs. So you need to have saved a deposit. The cost of purchasing is generally is higher and they are less liquid. And by liquid, that means like how easily accessible your money is. If you think about it, you can't sell a room of a house, but you can sell a portion of your portfolio of shares. Well, diversified portfolio not only includes growth and defensive assets, but it includes different asset classes within those. For example, if you own one individual share, you have exposure to one company, one sector, one country, very concentrated, very limited. If you have exposure to US equities and US bonds, for example, you have growth and defensive assets. However, only exposure to the US market, you don't have exposure to other countries. Whereas if you had an allocation to domestic equities, global equities, infrastructure, property, cash and bonds, both domestically and globally, you can see this is far more diversified. So now that you know what makes up a diversified share portfolio, people are often like, well, that's a lot of different assets to hold. How do you choose which ones and how much and practically how do you do this? So historically, it was a lot more challenging. But new products like exchange-traded funds, which you would have heard me talk about a lot, and fintechs who have created these micro-investing platforms have made it so much easier for us. Some micro-investing platforms do have pre-made portfolios, 
and these automatically provide you with a diversified portfolio. This is even with small contributions and they rebalance that portfolio so it stays in line with these predetermined allocations. This means that you have a diversified portfolio right from the get-go and you don't need to select options, you don't need to make any changes, that is all done for you. Other brokerage platforms, however, they allow you to purchase direct shares or exchange traded funds and create your own portfolio. To a certain extent, exchange traded funds already give you a degree of diversification, but they're usually either in one geographical location or they can be sector specific. For example, you may have an ETF which tracks the ASX 200, the top 200 companies in Australia. So sure, you're diversified from a company perspective, but not from a country perspective. It's only Australia. It doesn't have exposure to other countries and because of how the Australian market is the sectors that you have exposure to are quite limited it's predominantly financials and materials so if you choose to do this you need to ensure it's diversified yourself and it doesn't mean buying hundreds or thousands of shares but it does mean that you will need to select a number of ETFs to be able to have a diversified portfolio. Remember episode two I spoke about active and passive management and ETFs in there as well so go back and have a listen if you haven't already. I mentioned the S&P ASX 200 there's also the S&P 500 so this is the 500 leading companies in the US. If you're comfortable with risk if you're an aggressive investor one way to do this is to have an ETF which tracks the index of the country that you reside in for example if you reside in Australia that would be one that tracks the ASX 200 and an ETF which tracks the global share market excluding your country, so excluding Australia. This gives you automatic diversification across the top companies all over the world with two different ETFs. Those ETFs, because they're tracking the top 200 companies in Oz and the top 500 in the US, they also have exposure to property and infrastructure. They have exposure to a number of different sectors as well, but they do not include defensive assets like cash and fixed interest. An alternative would be selecting an ETF for each of the major continents, as well as emerging markets and a fixed interest ETF or a, an ETF for defensive assets. There's a couple of different ways that you can do this. The robo advice is the simplest because it does it automatically for you. But if you do want to have a little bit more choice and you want to be able to select the ETFs yourself, then there are platforms which enable you to do that. But know that, you know, if you're buying the ASX 200 or the S&P 500, they are specific to the country of the index that it tracks. Also, I just wanted to mention that you can do this when you're buying these separate ETFs by dollar cost averaging. That's simply making regular contributions into the ETFs you select on the same day, every week or month, and you build out your diversified portfolio that way. This is not financial advice. It is essential you do your own research. Remember, investing comes with market risk, political risk, exchange rate risk, 
the risk of the loss of the, your capital as well, just to name a few, make sure you go and do your own research. To summarize and wrap it up, diversification is a way to minimize and manage your risk when it comes to investing. It's not having all your eggs in one basket. It's like having a buffet of food or an eight-course meal which where each dish is different. Each dish represents a different asset class. So through either robo-investing, which automatically invests your funds into a diversified portfolio, or selecting your own ETFs on a micro-investing platform, you can create a a well-diversified portfolio yourself. If you'd like to know how much money you need invested to generate your desired levels of income and how to calculate that, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, it would mean the absolute world to me. If you'd like, subscribe and share it with your friends. If you feel like it, take a screenshot and share it on your IG story. Be sure to tag me so I can thank you. The information shared on the Savvy Money Talks podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. It's for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make financial or investment decisions. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the PDS, TMD and obtain appropriate financial and tax advice tailored towards your needs.